Hello everybody, this is Around the Rings editor Ed Hula with another edition of ATR Radio, this time coming to you from Doha, Qatar, where the IAAF is getting ready to launch the latest season of the Diamond League on May the 5th, and we have with us Olivier Gares, the new, we'll still call him new, CEO of the IAAF. He's six months into his work as a CEO and really gotten to cover the world so far in this short tenure. We're going to talk to him about the Diamond League, uh, some of the issues affecting the IAAF right now in this edition of ATR Radio. Thanks very much for joining us today, Olivier. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been six months for you. You started out in Rio de Janeiro. You've been to other locations around the world, say Africa, the Bahamas a few weeks ago, surveying the IAAF landscape. Um, what do you think you see? What do you, what's your view of what you're encountering out there on the road? I actually started after, I was in Rio for the Olympics as a guest, but I started in October, so it's been, it's been six months, it's been a, a fascinating six months. Uh, I've, been, I've been very, um, very warmed and very uh, excited by the incredible passion that, that exists in the sport. Um, passion throughout, from the athletes who dedicate their life to performing as incredibly as, as they do, to, uh, to the organizers of meets, to, to, to the federations, to, uh, and, and of course to our, to our different offices around the world. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been a very incredible education, and I've been, uh, been very lucky to meet a lot of people, uh, and I've been lucky to go to different places, as you said, uh, from, uh, from Africa to, to the Bahamas, to London, to Monaco, to Asia, and it's been, uh, it's been educational and great. Uh, athletics faces its challenges, but does this experience give you some optimism for, for what's ahead? It does, it does. I think, as I, as I said, I want to build on that passion and I want to build on these institutions. So you have, you have lots of incredible things going for athletics. You have, a, it's a, you have, a, you have a, a sport that's built on good institutions, actually even improved upon by the reform that was voted uh, by, um, by the latest Congress in, in December. Uh, the reforms that brought a new constitution for the sport is allowing us to really have a very sane base to really build the house of athletics from. Uh, think of the analogy of a house. You, you have a great foundation and we have that solid foundation. Uh, we have uh, good, um, we, have, we, we have amazing performances and, and, and amazing talent, as I mentioned, and that's another amazing foundation to build upon. I think what we're lacking probably is is, uh, is two things, is uh, process. Uh, we were lacking a lot of process, so I've been spending some time on that, especially building um, units that are probably more behind the scenes than the average public would see. The, and we're talking about the operation of the IAAF headquarters and staff Yeah, so we're all. talking about the, the operations of the IAAF headquarters, but also the establishment of the integrity unit, which, uh, which will usher a new era of, of integrity uh, in the sport, both from the standpoint of um, of anti-doping, as well as uh, you know uh, the, stand the standpoint of integrity in the sport, as well from from the other actors of the sport. So, you know, behind the scene work, uh, behind the scene recruitment of talent to really help uh, help advance the vision and advance um, the agenda and the, 
the, the strategy that was voted on by, by council in December. And uh, from that, I think we can, we can really go forward quite, uh, quite nicely. Integrity. Integrity is hanging over a yep. number of federations these days. How important is it to your viability? It's critical to our viability. That's why, that's why the, it was so important to focus on the reform, which is what our president Sebastian Coe did in, in, in his first year of tenure. It was about establishing the right basis, the right foundation of integrity in the sport to ensure that you know there was no more of the of the issues of the past that were tolerated, and that we're clearly sending the signal to to the cheaters, to the, the abusers, to anybody who, who was not respecting the sport that those days were over and that we were, one, providing a, a level playing field for the athletes, two, ensuring that uh, you know, the sports had, uh, we were upholding the highest level of integrity also behind the scenes for, for uh, the officials of the sport, uh, to, to really ensure that that signal was sent to as many people as possible, but also to our partners, which is the last piece kind of, of what we've been working on, which is the partnership. Partners were not really uh, pleased with, with what was going on in the sport, as some other sports are experiencing right now. So it was a matter of, of resetting the basis and the expectations and, and really setting up this new foundation that, so that now we can take this message to partners. Yeah, looking at the roster of sponsors that you have, it's a, a bit short, you would say, for a big federation, important federation like the IAAF, less than half a dozen right it, now. It is exactly short, right. It is short as something we need to work on. We've, um, we've, lost some, we've lost some sponsors, we've lost some partners, and we need to make sure that we, 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 we establish those win-wins. But uh, it's partners go beyond sponsors. It's also television partners, distribution partners, marketing partners, all the other aspects of the sport that need to be healthy and need to be win-win so that you have, we, we have the right way to, to advance our, our sport and grow our sport. Uh, and, you know, we have some, some marketing challenges, so we'll, you know of them, and we, we're fixing them, we're trying to work with them to, to go forward. When do you think a next big sponsor, major sponsor for IAAF will be announced? We're working really hard at it. I mean, we, we announced one in December, with, uh, as you know, with ASICS. Uh, we're very pleased to welcome ASICS into the, into the fold, and, and as we've gotten to know each other, it's been great to, to work with them at ensuring that they get the most out of their partnership of the sport. Uh, so we've, we've welcomed them at events around the world. We've worked with them to ensure that they activate the partnership that they have with us. Uh, and, and that has taken our energy and, and in parallel behind the scene, we've been actively pitching the property. So, so stay tuned on that one. In the, in the months ahead, we're going to hear more about the proposition that's coming out of uh, Europe for a, a relook at the records, IAAF records, and how they should be set, established, calibrated. Uh, it seems sort of complicated. Is it, is it a straightforward process or is this something that's going to take some work on the part of the IAAF to, to figure out? You use the right word in your question. You use the word proposition. It is a proposal that has been put forth by one of our areas, Europe, uh, to the IAAF to consider. We have a few months between now and, and our council at the end of July, on July 31st in London, just before the World Championships. Uh, to, to look at, the, uh, to look at the, the proposal that was made, uh, look at the principles behind it, look at uh, the impact it will have, unfortunately, if for, for the athletes who won those, uh, who won those uh, and who competed cleanly and, and, and had those, those world records, and really ensure that we consult as many people as we need to, to, have, to be able to, to bring a, 
uh, an informed decision to council through council in, in July. So you know, between now and then, there's a lot of work to do. We heard from athletes here in Doha who say that that's something they could maybe get behind, but on the other hand, they say there are potential problems. Paula Radcliffe has made her voice known on this loud and clear. Uh, legal issues could be involved. Potentially, potentially. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to conjecture. It's yeah. it, everybody's. It's Paula's responsibility, or, or anybody else, if they if they so decide. I think. I think they're they're they're, they're interesting propositions, interesting proposals here to look at. Uh, they are sound criteria that have been put forth in terms of how a new world record should be validated. You know, the the triangular of criteria that that includes ensuring that the competition is uh, is affiliated. Number one, ensuring that the athlete has been subject to a certain amount of tests in the preceding few months, number two. And finally, ensuring that we store the samples as we've done. The IWF, as you know, was the first uh, international federation to put in place a policy of, of storing samples for future tests. So we want to do, we want to do the same going forward. So those principles are sound. And I think what we need to look at, we need to look at the, um, the impact of, of those decisions. And, and that's one that uh, all areas, the six areas that we have, not only Europe, but all areas, will have to weigh in on, and, 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 and that's the democratic process. It sounds like a, a lot of work, a big job for you and your staff to go through over the next few months because you've got to come up with some answers. Yeah. It is. It's one of the projects that we have that's exciting between now and then. Uh, the situation with, with Russian athletes competing in, in the World Championships, you're granting them uh, status as neutral athletes on a case-by-case -case basis is expect more to be moved through the system absolutely. between now and, and the championships? You're talking about big pieces of work. This is a huge piece of work for our newly formed uh, integrity unit, uh, which which started early April. Um, they, um, they, there's a ton of work there uh, involved with, with putting these athletes um, through our system of validation of their neutral uh, athlete status. Uh, application, sorry, and and I think we the the, the process is ongoing. We have um, we have granted ten neutral um, ten neutral status to to different to ten different athletes in 2010 in two thousand seventeen, two last year. So we have a total of twelve athletes now that are that have been granted neutral uh, neutral status. Uh, we are working through the rest of of the applications that have been made. And you should expect news, you know, any day. It's an ongoing process. As applications come in, sometimes they're incomplete and we're missing data. We need to go back and retest samples that we have. And that takes a lot of time for, for our integrity unit to go through. But the goal is to, to be fair to these athletes and have as much, uh, as much validation of their application or rejection of their, of their application, if in some cases, as, as possible between now and the World Championship. I'm sure the IWF would rather have Russian athletes rather than neutral athletes competing at the World Championships. Uh, what, how much more has to be done before we see the... Russians recognized and brought back fully into the fold. Sebko says he's not happy with the pace of work that's uh, taking place in Russia. What can you say from your vantage point about how that's all going? I, I'm not sure I can add much to, to, what's, to what Seb has said historically on this. I think the, our, our criteria for reinstatement of Russia have been very clear. Uh, there's a roadmap that is crystal clear that 
uh, Rusaf is aware of and, and uh, Rusada is aware of and all the different institutions in Russia are aware of. We're, we're not in the business of excluding federations just for the fun of it. Clearly we want, we are a global sport. We have 214 federations and being only 213 at the, at the World Championship in London will be, will be, uh, will be a sad, sad event for us. But it's, uh, it's about ensuring that we have a, uh, a level playing field for clean athletes and that roadmap needs to be respected and there needs to be, there needs to be progress on that roadmap. What, what you heard back a few weeks ago in London and what Seb referred to is the lack of progress and the lack of momentum. Um, we need to make sure that everybody understands we're serious and until the roadmap criteria have been met, there's not going to be reinstatement. We're here in Doha for the launch of the latest Diamond League series. Uh, happy time for you. You get to see athletes uh, competing uh, and they seem to be in pretty good spirits here. Uh, what's different about the Diamond League this year? What's, why is the Diamond League important? For IAAF, so it's um, it's a great it's a great marquee event for us. It's our second largest um, property after after the World Championships. You have this year we're innovating. Um, you know we have eight million dollars of prize money throughout the season, but we'll have three point two million available on the finals on the thirty two finals in uh, in Zurich and, and Brussels. So the ones who do the best in making to the finals. Qualify for this extra. Yes, and the winner of each one of the of the finals will win fifty thousand dollars. So that'll be high stick finals with really a crescendo of storytelling from from tomorrow all the way to till the end of the season. And that's the thing that we, you know, we I think this year will be uh, will be really innovating on this this storytelling. We'll be able to tell the story of these athletes and their journey in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, how it culminates into into winning a big prize money at the end of the year, which will be a lot of fun. I mean, you saw them this morning; they were yeah. excited. Yeah. They want to get going. It's the official start of the summer of the summer season of the outdoor season. We're starting in Doha. The weather is perfect. Uh, You've got Olympic gold medalists here, Olympic champions, as well as we have fifty-six different medalists and world champions. I think and a Qatar silver medalist too, yeah, who should help, help should, should bring be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. Some really great, and they are they are. They are in shape and they are they're ready and they want to compete. And you heard it this morning. Elaine, uh, Elaine um, Thompson and Daphne Chief Skippers are will be competing tomorrow head to head, and and they're competing tomorrow. But it's on a journey towards the World Championships in London, and that is also makes it a special year. You have the double excitement of the Diamond League and the World Championships that will get fans excited and athletes, of course, excited. And how is Doha as a host for this event? I mean, it's become the tradition that it starts here yeah, every year. They do a great job. Um, they do a great job. They've they've done it for a while. They they have, they have a good team that's used to doing this. We're starting to work with the same team on on the World Championship 2019, which will be here on will be upon us before we know it. Uh, once we finish with London, well, we're already starting to to work with them, but we'll have to really focus aggressively on. On, on, on Doha 2019, and, and, that's, um, and that's exciting. So I'm very confident in the team here. They'll do a great job. Olivier Guerre, CEO of IAAF, thanks very much for being with us today. Thanks again. This is Around the Rings editor Ed Hula. Thank you for joining us on this edition of ATR Radio, coming to you from Doha, Qatar, for the opening of the IAAF Diamond League Series for 2017. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.